This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello, football fans, and welcome to the very first episode of the Fans First Football Show. I am Jeff Hartman, and joining me on this trip for the 17-game slate of the regular season and the playoffs will be Rob Stats Guerrero. Rob, what's going on? What's up? I can't believe it. We're here week one. I'm so excited. Yes, it is exciting, and there's still a part of me that doesn't feel like it's actually real. But before we get too far down this road, I want to give you a chance to tell everyone what you do for Fans First Sports Network, who you cover, and all the minutia of you as an individual before we start talking about week one. So really quick, I cover the 49ers here for Fans First on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Um, we do basically 13 shows a week any possible 49er coverage you could want short form shows long form shows live shows basically we have the Niners covered from every angle and as you and I were saying before we press record uh, I mean in San Francisco it's just non-stop drama yes yes it's kind of like a high school team with yes. the drama <laughs> from the head coach and his press conferences to the quarterback controversy it's phenomenal it's phenomenal Stats does a great job with this 49ers coverage. I cover the Pittsburgh Steelers for the Steel Curtain Network. You can hear us as well on Fans for Sports Network. Uh, again, both of our fees are going to cover their respective teams front and backwards. And hey, week one, we're going to be talking about that game between the Steelers and the 49ers, which is, I think it's going to be very intriguing. But that's what we're going to talk about today. The upcoming slate of games, week one. Now, before we even get into specifics, I was shocked when I looked at the schedule there are a crazy amount of divisional games in week one. Rob, what do you think about having divisional rivalry games to start the season? You on board? Or are you like, eh, that should probably be way, that should be pushed back a little bit. I hate it. 
week one is a weird week. Weird stuff happens. Teams have extra time to prepare. Teams don't really know who they are yet or what's going to work. It's a weird thing to do. And divisional games obviously matter, especially in a lot of these divisions that we think are going to be pretty close. There's eight divisional games in week one. I, I just I don't like it being right out of the gate. I like my team to, you know, just get time to get their pants on. And, and not to mention these divisional games, they carry more significance in terms of the rankings and potential playoff berths and things like that. To have these games right out of the gate, I'm with you. I don't like it. I can only speak about the Steelers as I know them more than I do any other team. They have had a lot of divisional games in week one. Uh, I can remember a ton of games against Cleveland last season. The Steelers opened up on the road against Cincinnati, another divisional game. It just is really weird. But when you look at these divisional games this week, so we have, let me read them off and then we'll talk about which ones you're most intrigued by. Here are the divisional games in week one. Cleveland versus Cincinnati. Atlanta versus Carolina. Seattle versus the Los Angeles Rams. The Indianapolis Colts versus the Jaguars. Denver Broncos versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Chicago Bears versus the Green Bay Packers. Then in primetime Sunday night, the Giants versus the Cowboys. And then the Jets versus the Bills on Monday night football. You look at that slate stats. Any games pop out that you're like, I'm excited for this one. Well, I mean, the Monday nighter, first and foremost, just because it's Josh Allen and the Bills team with Super Bowl aspirations, and they right out of the gate get the Jets with Aaron Rodgers, their new shiny toy that we've been, you know, talking all offseason about. And I'm fascinated to see, like, can the Jets hold up against the big boys here? Like, if the Jets come out in week one and beat the Bills, like, that's a nice little statement for them. Like, hey, we're not just, you know, trying to be this weird, like, sideshow kind of thing where we bring in this ringer quarterback no like we're a legit team buffalo needs to win these games obviously they're trying to compete for a number one seed every game in the afc is like so important because there's so many good teams so i'm fascinated by that monday night matchup yeah the, there's a, i want to say sunday night the giants and cowboys i feel like sometimes that's a little overdone the nfc east for me is a little overdone i don't think those teams are as good as maybe we think they are I'm looking at a low-key game that could possibly be really good. There's something about the Seahawks and the Rams that is kind of intriguing for me. I don't know if the – well, here's why. We had Seattle last year with Geno Smith. Is that a one-year thing, or Mm -hmm. is this going to be actually a continuation? I did like Seattle's draft. I thought they did a good job improving their roster. And then the Rams – there's talk of the Rams potentially like tanking on the season and low-key not even trying to do much – they still have a lot of really good players on the roster. I just, I'm curious about those two teams. Maybe that's the way. Obviously, as a Steeler fan, Cleveland and Cincinnati is going to be a game I'm very much in tune to. And for a lot of reasons, Deshaun Watson, we only saw a small sample size. He did not look very good. Cincinnati, Joe Burrows missed the entire preseason with a calf injury. There's a lot of storylines coming out of the, these divisional games, don't you think? That was my second choice. If I didn't go Jets, Bills, I was going to go Browns, Bengals, because exactly like you said, when are we going to see the Deshaun Watson that we saw with the Texans when he led the league in passing yard? Like, is that guy, does he exist anymore? I don't know. But, you know, last year, I feel like people were kind of saying, well, you were off for a really long time. You came in because of the suspension and, you know, it just was a mess. This year, like you're expected to be, the quarterback that got a fully guaranteed contract that ticked off every owner in the league. And if we don't see it, like it's fair to wonder, like, does that, is that guy just permanently lost? And Cincinnati 
cannot afford to lose games. They're another team that's trying to compete for the number one seed. This is the quote-unquote easy game in the division for Cincinnati, right? But yeah. Joe Burrow has a losing record against the Browns in his career. So it's weird. He could beat the Chiefs, can't beat the Browns. Not really sure why, but it's <laughs> weird things are happening. Cincinnati needs this win. Yeah. I, I got to give it to the NFL. Even these games where you're looking at like an NFC South matchup, Atlanta versus Carolina. And you're probably thinking, why would anyone want to watch that game? I could think of some storylines of why I'd want to watch that game. Bryce Young, first career start, number one overall pick. The Desmond Ritter era officially starts with B. John Robinson in Atlanta. You even go to games like Indianapolis versus Jacksonville. The Jaguars playoff team last year, they actually have some high hopes coming into this season with Trevor Lawrence. People think they're going to be a force in the AFC. Anthony Richardson starting his first game in Indianapolis. Chicago, Green Bay. I could even have a talking point there with Justin Fields. Is he going to take a step forward? The, the, the love era, the love boat, as I call it, up in Green Bay getting <laughs> underway. Like, What's that going to look like? Even Denver and the Raiders. You have the Raiders starting fresh. No Derek Carr. You know, you've got your boy, Jimmy G, as, yeah. the quarterback, <laughs> as the quarterback there. And then Russell Wilson, he gets that big money deal. And is he going to be able to actually play better with a new head coach? There's storylines all throughout these games. I'm just excited to talk about them and see how they play out. One thing that I wanted to do, and we tossed around this before, we, we kind of tossed some ideas. We want to put these games into tiers. So we went to the divisional games. Those are like standalone on their own. We did tier one or must see TV tier two or low key, really good games. Tier three are good games. And tier four is, Hey, I'm only going to watch if I got some fantasy football players playing in them. Let's start with tier four, the fantasy football purposes only Baltimore versus Houston, Washington versus Arizona and Minnesota versus Tampa Bay. What comes to mind when you think about those three games? Well, I'm, I'm intrigued to see the Ravens because like they kind yeah. of they're rolling the dice big time. If they all stay healthy, they could have a fantastic offense. They could be competing for that one seed in the AFC. The problem is like I have zero confidence that they can stay healthy, starting with Lamar Jackson, Odell Beckham Jr. Like, yeah, OD OBJ. Great. That could be really cool. Right. Except it's been a really long time since he was that guy that we saw with the Giants. He's been hurt and not just like, oh, he pulled his hamstring, like major injuries that have long lasting effects. So if they can stay healthy, they'll be good. I don't think they're going to be able to stay healthy all season, but it is week one. Presumably they're the healthiest they're going to be. So like, I kind of want to see if the Ravens just go out and tear it up. And we all know Houston's terrible. So that could very well happen. Do you trust Lamar Jackson chucking the ball around the field in the Todd Munkin era as it gets underway? Yes. I, I think Lamar as a quarterback is has been like undersold. And I think part of it is just because he's so good rushing the football. Yeah. But like I've seen this guy put up nice numbers passing, league leading numbers passing. Yes, he can run the ball, but I think the Greg Roman offense held him back a lot. And I have a lot of experience with that as a guy who covered the Niners. Greg Roman was the offensive coordinator during the Jim Harbaugh era from 2011 through 2014. Greg Roman is like really good at coming up with an offense, especially with a mobile quarterback that maybe the league hasn't seen before. And then the league adjusts and Greg Roman has no answers. And that's exactly what happened with Baltimore. Now Greg Roman is long gone. Todd Monken, like you said, is in. And I'm eager to see kind of what it looks like right out of the gate. And you'll have on the opposite side, CJ Stroud, his first career start. All these rookies are getting the start from week one, which is, well... Throw them into the fire, sink or swim, if you want to call it that. What about Washington? We like to make fun of Washington because they're so dysfunctional. Now, you know, new ownership, everyone has a lot of hope. 
there's a lot of people that are low key believers in the commanders this year. I'm not sure I'm sold on Sam Howell as the starting quarterback. Arizona is an absolute dumpster fire. I mean, if there's a team that is like, hey, tell me you're tanking without officially saying it, I feel like that's it. (laughs) What are your thoughts on this game? I mean, even for fantasy football purposes, I'm not sure. Maybe if you have like the commander's defense, basically whoever's playing against Arizona, just stream their defense, and that would be a reason. But other than that, like, I don't expect Washington to compete for anything this year. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team in the NFC. And like you said, I tweeted something on Saturday. Please, we have to keep Caleb Williams away from the Cardinals at all costs because I don't want that dude in my division (laughs) twice a year every year because I think the Cardinals are going to be the worst team in the league and Williams would go number one if he was there. Yeah. And again, it's just such an awful matchup. I mean, you you look at it. It's in Washington. Arizona is going across country just bad. The last one that falls in this category, you have the Minnesota Vikings and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay is obviously transitioning away from Tom Brady and the Baker Mayfield era. I covered the Steelers and going against the Browns for a lot of times when uh, Baker was the quarterback. And then you have Minnesota, who has a lot of hopes in the NFC. They're hoping to build off of what they did last year. Justin Jefferson, best in the business by a lot of metrics. And any hope here for this game to actually turn into something good? No, I think the Bucks quarterback <laughs> situation is just a tire fire. I mean, what do we... Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield, like, really... It's the same thing I said about Sam Darnold. Like, how many teams has Baker Mayfield been on? And you're sitting there going, no, no, no. Now we're going to fix them, right? This time it's going to be good. No, these guys just aren't good. Baker Mayfield stinks. Sam Darnold stinks. Stop it. But for Minnesota, I'm interested because they've basically said, like, we're done with Kirk Cousins after you. They're not negotiating with him. And so they're kind of, I mean, their GM basically said, admitted that like, we don't have an elite quarterback. Like he's on the record is pretty much saying that. So it's kind of just like, yep, we're here with the Vikings. We had a lot of close comeback wins last year. They had the biggest comeback in NFL history last year against the Colts. So they're not a bad team, but it just doesn't seem like everybody there is pulling in the same direction. And so they'll be good. I think they'll be in the playoffs, but I don't expect more from that from the Vikings. Yeah, they've had a weird offseason as well when you think about how they shipped off Dalvin Cook and you, you talk about some of the deals that they've given out to Hawkinson and Hunter. Yeah, I'm not too intrigued. And there's a reason why these three games fit into that tier of, hey, we're only going to watch for fantasy football purposes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Now you get to tier three. These are good matchups, but uh, it could go either way. Only one game fits in that criteria, and that is the New Orleans Saints versus the Tennessee Titans. The Saints, they, I mean, I don't know if you say that they're like the, the saying the best team in the NFC South is something to hang your hat on, 
but they might be the best team in the South, which could get them a playoff berth in Tennessee. Not sure what to think about Tennessee this year. They've made some really questionable moves going all the way back to when they traded A.J. Brown to Philadelphia. Ryan Tannehill is the quarterback, or is it someone else? Malik Willis has not panned out. Uh, the, the rookie draft pick, his name escapes me right now, who puts mayonnaise in Will his Levis. coffee. Yeah, Will Levis. There you go. The mayonnaise in the coffee guy. Can't get over that. Uh, what, do you, what, do you, <laughs> what are your thoughts on uh, the Saints and Titans? Now, did you see Will Levis want a lifetime supply of mayonnaise? Like, who needs that? A lifetime supply of mayonnaise is like four jars. Like, what do we? No. Just sorry. That just, I hate mayonnaise. I did a bet on one of my shows where I lost the bet. So I had to eat three giant heaping spoonfuls of mayonnaise. Oh. And I'm still mentally scarred from the experience. Um, <laughs> but you're right. I think the Saints are the best team in the division. Derek Carr is a good quarterback. He's not great and he's not terrible. He's good. That'll probably be enough to get them a division title this year. I think the Saints have a defense that's, you know, going to keep them in a lot of games. So they're going to be okay. And and in Tennessee, I think you're right. They're in sort of a transition period. They have the quarterback, but Ryan Tannehill's still there. But like, how good is he going to be if they're around 500 in the middle of the season? Like, do they ponder a quarterback change? They're they're transitioning yet. I don't know if they're going to admit that to themselves, but like it is clearly happening. Derek, they tried to trade Derrick Henry this offseason. Nobody wanted him. So yeah, Tennessee's in sort of a weird spot. And DeAndre Hopkins found his way there, didn't he? That was that was where he ended up, and that's not even being discussed. But that's why that's this game. There's a little intrigue. New Orleans, we didn't really talk about them, but you know, Derek Carr is there now. And they have a roster. I mean, yeah, they brought back Jimmy Graham, which I didn't even realize he was still in the league. But yes, he's there now. And you have a situation where that could be a pretty good game. That could be a game that could surprise some people. Then you go to tier two. These are low-key, really good games. We have one game that fit that criteria, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles and the New England Patriots. Now, I will say there's a lot of people in the AFC discussions that are down on the Patriots saying they're going to be awful, they're going to be terrible, and the Philadelphia is going to be in the NFC Championship game no matter what. This could be a blowout, but I could also see this being a Bill Belichick game where he somehow, somehow finds a way to keep it close. What are your thoughts on this matchup? I'm surprised you have it in this tier, honestly. I'm really? surprised that you threw it in tier two just because, well, I think Philly is the best team in the NFC. I think they're just, they're deep. They're, they've got a quarterback that's clearly ascending. He was in the MVP discussion last year. Their defense is obviously good. I know they got to replace, I think, seven starters on defense, but their team is so damn deep that I think they're going to be able to do it. Like, Philly is great. New England will be better. They finally got rid of that weird, fake offensive coordinator. Like, yeah. what's that? Matt Patricia and Joe Judge be the coordinators for our <laughs> young quarterback? Like, Mac Jones was okay his rookie year. Like, they made the playoff. Like, I don't know what they thought they were doing there, but Bill O'Brien's there now. Bill O'Brien is a good offensive coordinator. We've seen him do it. He He's not a good coach. He's not a good GM. But as a coordinator, like, he's good. I think Mac Jones is going to have a bounce back year. I really do. I don't love the personnel around Mac Jones. I still feel like it feels like even since Brady was there, like, they never have, like, really good guys at the skill positions. It's always like a Dion Branch kind of a guy. Like, damn, man. Get him some real wet. Kendrick Bourne is a good player, but he's still just Kendrick Bourne. Like, come on, do better. Um, but they're going to be better. But I just think Philly is a, is a buzzsaw. So I, I think the Eagles are going to handle handle the Patriots. Excuse me. What what tier would you have put this in? You said you were surprised I put it in the low key, really good games. Where, where would you have put this game? I probably would have put it in tier three. Okay, in the good tier. Okay. I don't see this as a low key. I don't think 
New England has a chance to win, honestly. I think this game might be closer than you think. I don't know what the spread is. I probably should have looked that up, but I didn't. But I, I think that, honestly, New England's going to keep this game close. Um, I'm not intrigued by Ezekiel Elliott wearing a Patriots jersey oh, in any way, shape, or form. But at the same time, I, I feel like Bill Belichick is very much similar to Mike Tomlin, where I would always say if you give him an extra week to prepare – He's at least going to have something up his sleeve that's going to confuse the opposition. Philly did not play their starters a lot. Sometimes that can lead to a sluggish week one. True. So we will see, um, but we disagree on the tiers, and that's okay. No problem. Philly is favored by four, by the way, in New England. So that tells you that they really think that Philly's going to be good because usually home field yeah. is worth three points. So the fact that the Eagles are favored on the road um, – but you're right. You know, this could be the kind of game where Belichick comes up with some sort of crazy defense that maybe slows the Eagles down a little bit and other teams copy it and yeah. say, oh, you know, the other teams will be watching to see if you're right, if Bill comes up with something, because they're all going to be wondering how to stop Philly. For sure. And so we'll see. Now, the tier one that everyone wants to talk about, and these are the games that I say are must-see television. These are the games that... You know, we talked about the Monday nighter against the Jets and the Bills. That would probably fall under this category, but we talked about the division games separately. These are games that are not prime time, but, well, Thursday night, first one, Kansas City and Detroit, but you want to watch these games. The kickoff game has a lot of interesting storylines in it with the Kansas City Chiefs coming off of the Super Bowl victory. The Detroit Lions, everyone loves the Lions. They love the coach. Obviously, you don't, Rob, but still. Nope. Um, there's a lot of people that are all in on the Lions being serious contenders in what most would say is a very lackluster NFC this year. What are your thoughts about this Thursday night kickoff game? So I've never been in on the Lions. I don't understand the hype. They were not. They won nine games last year. They were a game over 500, and everyone's talking about them like they're this great team. I just don't understand it. Yeah, I know their offense can put up some points, but their defense is horrible. It's Are the Chiefs going to punt in this game? Like, there's a legitimate chance they <laughs> never punt in the game. Well, I get that the Lions can score some points. And look, maybe it'll be a super fun game. Like, what was it? Uh, was it Lions, Ram or Rams, Chiefs? I can't remember. It was Goff and Mahomes, right? Yes, yes, Where it they was. It was like 55 to 51 or some crazy thing like that. That was an awesome game. And maybe this can be that, especially because it looks like Chris Jones is not going to play for the Chiefs, at least right now as we're recording this, because he's holding out. So maybe they just go back and nobody punts, and that'd be cool. But like, I am not buying the Lions as anything more than what they were last year. I know that Dan Campbell is, is funny and nice, and he gives good podium, so the media pumps him up because they like him. But like, the team is just not as good as people are saying. I was talking to a Lions fan the other day, and he asked what I thought about the Lions, and I said you're never going to get anywhere with Jared Goff. And he said, what do you mean? I said, I just am not a believer in him. He's that guy very much similar to, I think, like a Jimmy Garoppolo. He might get you there, but can he make the play to actually win the game? And that's what you need to win a Super Bowl. And so Detroit, I think they're going to be in the market for a quarterback, someone that they actually think could be their guy. And until they get that, you're never going to compete with a Patrick Mahomes. Not on the, not on the biggest stage, and it's so tough to beat the defending Super Bowl champions on Thursday night football. It's just so difficult. But I think that this is going to be everyone's first taste of not only this new look Chiefs, but they lost some players. They lost the, one of their offensive coordinators. Obviously, an Eric B. Enemy going to Washington. See what that team looks like. And then Detroit, are they going to live up to the hype? One game does not make a season, but they're all going to be watching. We're all going to be watching that game. Now, you talked about holdouts with Chris Jones. There's another holdout happening as we record in the next game that we're mentioning, and that is 
my Pittsburgh Steelers and your San Francisco 49ers. Do, would you have put this in must see TV? If even if you weren't a 49ers fan, let me start there. Um, must see. I don't, you tell me because I don't believe in Kenny Pickett. I know he's been getting a ton of hype, Yes, but I need to see it before I believe it with him. Maybe he could be good. But when I saw this game on the schedule, I was like, how are the Steelers going to score against the 49ers? Now, granted, I assumed that Nick Bosa would be there because I didn't think my team would be a bunch of morons. <laughs> apparently they are just when you think the 49ers can't be any dumber. Um, I just, I don't know how they're going to score against the 49ers. I don't think the Niners are going to score a bunch against Pittsburgh either, but I don't know. Maybe Kenny Pickett is better than I think. You tell me you, you cover them day to day. I think Kenny Pickett is better than a lot of people think. Um, and I think that with the weapons they have kind of put around him with George Pickens and Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth, the tight end, they they have the ability now to have take different approaches, essentially, to how they want to attack and defense. I'm not saying I'm expecting them to go out there and score 20-plus points. I don't know what the over-under is, but take the under in this game. I just don't <laughs> see a lot of points being scored on either side. I look at the tackle situation for the San Francisco 49ers and TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, uh, and then you have Marcus Golden and Nick Herbig coming in after that. That's a really good group of pass rushers, and I look at that and I'm like, man, they, they could be in the backfield a lot. So if they can stop the run, that's going to be interesting. If, if I'm not a Steelers fan, I'm putting this probably in Tier 2. Low-key, really good game. Because I think it, if you like defensive football, it's the antithesis of the Rams Chiefs game that was 55 50. Where if you don't like, if you're like, give me defense, give me an old school game, I think this is that. And it could be a grind it out who's going to make the big play when it matters most? Who's going to score a touchdown and not kick a field goal? That's what it might come down to. I know you love talking about that. <laughs> field goals are failures. I always say it in the only in the rarest of circumstances is a field goal worth kicking. The over under, by the way, is 41. So that tells you just how low scoring the yes. wise guys expect this game to be. I agree with you on the field goal thing. And uh, we were talking about the 49ers drama, right? Their kicker, their rookie kicker they drafted in the third round has been banged up. They don't know if he's going to play. I could easily see a world where this game comes down to the Niners and they need like a 55-yard field goal. And it's their rookie kicker who's playing the game, who's been banged up. And if he misses that thing at the end of the game, like it, Niners Twitter is just going to absolutely explode. We know that it's incredibly hard to kick in Pittsburgh. It's just not a place where a lot of kickers have success anyway. So I just think I could see the game coming down to that, like you said. And I, let's just say I don't have total faith in the Niners special teams right now. Now I'm going to get your more specific take as I have you on my podcast later in the week. But when you saw this on the, on the schedule, when it first was released, what was your thought then? And then also what is your thought now as we're on the cusp of week one? I hate this game week one. It's tough to play in Pittsburgh. It's tough to play against the Steelers. Tomlin always has his team ready to play. This was not how I wanted the schedule to begin. Like this is just, no, week one is a weird week, like we said earlier. Like yeah. You still don't know what's working for you, what's not going to work. Kyle Shanahan is 2-4 and four in his career in week one, so he has not really been successful out of the gate. Even some of the games the Niners won in week one has been like kind of shaky. So I hated this game is on the schedule. Now I had a whole preseason of Kenny Pickett hype, which is you know making me a little nervous, even though I said I still don't believe in him. I, I wish he was having a terrible preseason. <laughs> uh, so I don't really feel any. I don't feel that much better about it now. Yeah, I, I was. I was the one that said if you're going to get the Niners to come into town, you want it early. 
Get him early. Week one, I was thinking more about Brock Purdy's elbow and his recovery and who's going to be the quarterback. This is going to be a fun game to watch, even though maybe me being a homer put it in tier one still. I think this is going to be a fun game to watch, especially if you like defense. Now, if Nick Bosa doesn't play, that could change a lot too. So mm-hmm. we will see about that. Last game on the docket that we haven't mentioned, which I think, and you might disagree, you might have put this in a different tier. I'm excited to watch the Chargers and Dolphins. This is one of those games where it's just the Chargers. Like the Chargers, since they went to LA, they just never get any publicity. No one really talks about them, even though Justin Herbert got that monster deal. And down in Miami, everyone's more concerned about Ryan Clark's comments about Tua's figure than they are the <laughs> fact that they're still a really high-profile offense. You want to talk about offensive football, this game could have it. What do you th- what do you like about this game? I think this game could be a ton of fun. Number one, I think that the Chargers' offense is going to be better. Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator. I think he's going to make life so much easier for Justin Herbert. I don't think people realize, over the last four years, the Cowboys were the second highest scoring team in the NFL, second only to the Chiefs. The Cowboys, over four years, that's with Kellen Moore. Now you're giving Justin Herbert that guy. I think it's just he's not going to have to make these mutant throws down the field all the time to move the ball. I think Justin Herbert's going to put up massive numbers. And the Dolphins, look, we know with two of their, they're a friggin' juggernaut, man. They were slicing through people left, right, and center when he started and finished games. So this could be the most fun game of the week, honestly. This could be one of those just chuck it around, high-scoring game. The Dolphins have so much speed on offense. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert is arguably the fastest player in the league that no one ever wants to give him credit for being because he is that fast. Like we yeah. literally have the miles per hour like to prove it. And I know that because he used to be on the Niners and I used to get all salty about that. <laughs> They're crazy with the speed on offense in Miami. So that game could be the most fun game of the week. I agree with you. The the Chargers as well, like he- if I could hand pick one quarterback that is like a young guy who's up and coming, I would, I would take Justin Herbert probably as my guy. And that that's even over Joe Burrow. I, there's something about Justin Herbert. I think he is a, an electric player. He can run it. He can throw it. He's got the big arm. He's got the accuracy, but he hasn't performed well when it matters the most. And when you're talking about games that could be potential playoff bursts, when you're talking about games that are, you know, playoff bound games that man, that you just got to make those plays. He hasn't done that. This is going to be a great chance for him to not only prove himself, prove the organization, right. With the contract they gave him, this is going to be a fun game to watch. And so that kind of outlines week one, week one, one week does not make a season, but man, is it important to get off on the right, on the right foot. And a lot of these teams have some tough rows to host, so to speak. So Rob, what are your final thoughts on week one as we approach? Well, you want you so want to get a win, right? We all sit here all off season. We talk about the draft and free agency and we preview the roster and all this stuff, right? And we're all sitting here waiting, just counting the days. And then when football finally comes around, like you so badly want to start week one with a win because then you're like, all right, I waited all week. It's here. Your team wins. People talk good about them all week long. It's just there's nothing like getting a win in week one. Yeah. And starting one to know and having that, that win, especially if it's a, you know, for the, let's give you an example of the Steelers and 49ers. You lose a, a non-conference game. It's not the end of the world. You can definitely recover from that in terms of tiebreakers and things like that. But for those division games right out of the gate that we talked about, mm-hmm. important and very important. All right, stats. Hey, let everyone know where they can find you on social media and what you have going on with uh, fans for sports network. 
So you can find me on all the socials at Stats on Fire. And again, the podcast network is the gold standard 49ers podcast network. We cover all things Niners here for fans first. And uh, I, you know, I didn't want to start our relationship off like this, Jeff. Week one, we're enemies. <laughs> like we couldn't, you know, it should be nice. But here we are. And so I hope that, you know, we grind your team into dust this weekend. If it happens, I would say it's expected. So, I mean, you all were in the <laughs> NFC Championship last year and the Steelers didn't even make the playoffs. So at the same time, I don't think that if the Steelers were to lose in the game in week one, uh, I don't think it'd be the end of the world. But still, no, it's it's a lot of fun. I do appreciate we're going to be doing this show every single Monday. We're going to start uh, next week in the recap of week one. We'll be live streaming this on YouTube as well as the Fans for Sports Network Facebook, Twitter accounts. So make sure you're on the lookout for that. You can find me on Twitter slash X at J Hartman, H A R T M A N underscore P I T, as well as all my Steelers coverage at the Steel Curtain Network. Rob, thank you for your time. I'm looking forward to recapping all these games in one week. Have a good week, man. See ya.